it as a week to our station. I'm a doctor, a father, an American, an Indian. I've had conversations about life from every angle. And as I've navigated the South Asian experience, I share stories of people and their purpose. And what they're saying over and over again is, trust me, I know what I'm doing. I'm Abhay Dandekar, and on this episode of Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing, I'm joined by the talented Hindi and English songwriter and singer, Abhilasha Sinha. Stay tuned. So I really think that songwriting is an artistic gift, not just to the talented individual who can craft and create words and music to fulfill an artistic vision, but the literal gift that comes to the listener in creating a mood, a feeling, a memory, and capturing a moment. Speaking of gifts, thanks for listening on radio, subscribing to the podcast, following us at My Good Friend on social media, and telling your friends. Okay, so especially for independent songwriters who are straddling the worlds of writing and creating songs in Hindi and in English, the gifts hopefully are carried far by the artistry of the music itself and those moments that are created by it. For New Delhi-born and New York-based singer-songwriter Abhilasha Sinha, these created moments are filled with rich textures and layers, but feel open, fresh, simple, accessible, and intimate. Her thoughtful ballads about love, motherhood, and distance have kind of a Sunday morning quality to them, filled with rainy day pause and a bright sunburst at the same time. She's recently released songs in both English and Hindi, like Honeybee and Jab Tum Mile, which popped up this summer on Spotify's Global Radar program. We caught up to chat about the power of art reaching just one person, about the everlasting artistic feeling of a work in progress, and about the experience of performing by herself online during the pandemic and without a live audience? Well, I think the first thing is that whatever self-doubt that I had while playing on stage was tripled <laughs> because um, at least on stage, you're terrified and then it becomes better. And when you're doing things, you're getting a response. You're like, am I, you know, am I having a good time? Is the audience having a good time? That's basically as a performer, you know, your craft and engaging with the audience is your goal. However, in live shows where you can't really see or perceive anyone, it was a lot of like singing into the void. Yeah. Um, and it's nice to hear feedback after the fact, or you know, if, if it's a live stream, then during, but it's just, it all happens in a delay. And when you're singing, you that sort of instantaneous reaction to your music or that audience connection is so important. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think it's definitely made me um, learn that just wait two or three seconds for a response. Or even if a response doesn't come, just do what you're doing. Just pretend no one's in the room. Because guess what? No one's in the room. <laughs> right. It's just you. It, it is just you. And did you find any surprises from that? Like, was that difficult? Because the rapid correction that you could do on stage or just the quick feedback you get is just yeah. so different from, again, playing to the void or singing to the void. 100%. You know, you would assume that if you're doing Instagram live or other such low production um, shows, it's sometimes a boon because you can, you know, if you're if you're rushing between things, you don't have to like, you know, get your whole set together. You can just sort of set it up and you can go. But if it's a proper like conference and I've done a few of those as well, 
the Zoom tech check is sometimes even more complex than a real tech check, which is like, how is this possible? This is just, this is like airwaves. This isn't even real. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of the times it's happened that I've set up my, um, you know, my entire setup and it routes through one particular plugin, but it, the plugin suddenly stops working because more than 400 people joined. So everything is going to crash. So those are some really interesting technical things. But I think overall, it's been a blessing to even do that. I know so many people can't share their art um, just because the medium is in person, such as theater, for example, right? So the fact that I'm able to do it is really lovely. What's in some way then the value of absence or even presence in the creative process? Was, were there parts about this last year and a half that that really spoke to you that like, wow, I, I appreciate the things that are present for me or I value even more the present, the things that were absent? I very much miss collaborating with musicians. I think as a songwriter and, you know, people, I'm a songwriter. I'm not a musician. I don't think I can say that yet because for a musician, I think you need to be able to play at least one instrument really well, um, multiple if you're a really good musician. But I write songs, I play two instruments reasonably well enough to support myself and write on them. But it's that collaboration with better musicians that really takes the song from a fledgling to like this beautiful thing that's beyond you. Yeah. Um, that's more than what you started with. And that's what I really, really miss. Um, and no matter how many Zoom sessions you set up, just the magic of being in the same room, playing music, having that music reverberate through, you know, and that itself creates new songs within each other, right? Because you, cause you're jamming out to a song and you're like, you know what, maybe that doesn't work here, but I think that could be a brand new song. Yeah. But when you're doing it on Zoom, it's so structured. You have to work on what you like agreed to work on together. And there's a lag and there's a time difference. And it's just, it's not the same. And no matter how much we like say it's replicable, it's not. Maybe the absence of spontaneity and the just yes. body language that you get from that creative process when being in the same room with another musician. You, you mentioned something that's really interesting that being with better musicians or better collaborators for you is is that an important part of this being humble or, or recognizing what your own, own limits are when you're collaborating i don't think i'm humble i think i'm just not that good no i'm i'm, I'm serious i'm i when i'm good at something and it's a few things i really am good at cooking i'm really good at it like Flavors down, emulsification, making a mayo amazing. I'm so good at it. There you go. I'm not, I'm not gonna brag, but I will not hold back and say, okay, you know, this food is like whatever, it's okay. No, I'll say this is really good, you should try it. Yeah. But when it comes to music, um my limitations are with me every day because until and unless I can get into a room with really good musicians, my songs unfortunately can't progress beyond a certain point that I want them to. Yeah. Unless I want them to be fairly basic, have a basic structure, basic melody. And that's work sometimes. Like, Simple is Beautiful absolutely yeah. is. Like, The Beatles and Bob Dylan and all of these folks. But sure. sometimes I have a vision that can't be fulfilled by me. 
and I and it frustrates me sometimes. It's not that I'm humble; it's that I just can't do it without better musicians, and I really miss that. But you know what? I, I wonder if actually knowing where your limits are and recognizing that rather than continuing to be frustrated by that, that you have other partners, other vehicles to see that vision come to come to light and come to fruition. Is that itself something that's a step that you have to go through as as an artist? A hundred percent. And, you know, you must be interviewing so many people from different walks of life. If an entrepreneur with a vision decides that she wants to run this company by herself and, you know, runs it into the ground without getting a CTO or a CFO, that's kind of a problem, right? Because you have a vision, you have skills to take the vision to a certain point. Beyond that, you need skilled folks to help you take that vision and also for them to make that song or company or podcast or plant holder thereon. Is there a joy in in some ways, uh, just as much as there is a joy of collaborating and finding those people who are going to help manifest your vision? Is there a joy and an energy that's in some way distinct from that when you launch a project and realize it yourself? I think so. However, there hasn't been a single project, even if I've realized it by myself, that hasn't been done without the help of someone. Mm. Um, You know, music is so many things. It's the songwriter, it's the musician, it's the producer, it's the person who mixes and masters your tracks, it's your collaborator. So even if it's a solo project, unless you're doing everything from writing, composing, recording, arranging, mixing, mastering, distributing, that's nobody's doing that right you're getting some help along the way but i will say that though so many incredible musicians have collaborated with me on my music um so far i've had the opportunity to write and arrange them by myself you you write in both hindi and english and is this how your mind best operates in the creative process is there are do they fit into one or two of those discreetly or is it a kind of mishmash and a jumble of those so that the products can therefore manifest in the way that you want them to really good question so given that you know i only moved to the states recently and my usage of the english language has obviously increased exponentially right um especially since my partner is american as well though he is learning hindi i will give him credit for that (laughs) but um just the amount of people that i interacted with hindi whereas it was almost like 60 percent hindi earlier has now of course reduced Mm. but that being said um i write think in English a lot. Mm. Um, Writing in Hindi is less to do with the actual penning it down than like having those melodies that I hum. A lot of them reminiscent from the songs we heard growing up. Um, You know, so it is more challenging for me to write in Hindi uh, than it is for me to do in English. Mm. Just because if you can, it's like Marathi and Hindi both, if you get them wrong, they can sound jarring. They don't sound good. Um, whereas whether it sounds good or not, people writing in pretty simple, pretty basic English can get away with writing a nice song. Maybe there's some rougher right. edges that you can get away with more in English 
than the precision that it takes to write in Hindi or Marathi or some of these other languages. Right. And, and of course, you can get away with rough edges in those too. But then that needs to be backed up with the authentic, authenticity of you, like breathing, living that language. Mm. Right. Um, and sadly, though I speak Hindi absolutely fluently, write it fluently, write music in it fluently. It's a little more effort. Sometimes I find myself translating in my head. And sometimes, actually, most times I call my mom <laughs> and she co-writes the songs with me. Boy, that's helpful. Having uh, if you can have your, your mom at, uh, yeah. at your side to try and, and help you along the way. And would you say that therefore, because it takes maybe a few extra steps for you to write in Hindi, is the gratification then when you perfect something or when you have a realization of your vision? Is that different? Hundred percent. Also, keeping in mind that you know, my audience in India is um, well. Some of them speak English, but all of them speak Hindi. I mean, most of them speak Hindi, considering I'm from Delhi, so North India is more Hindi dominant. And just by virtue of having a more universal language in for for India, the yeah. songs are just more widely received. Sure. Um, so it makes that little extra payoff, uh, a little extra effort pay off a lot more because I wouldn't, I wouldn't go through so much, not so much, it's getting easier now that you do it more. You wouldn't put yourself through creating something in Hindi, which is such a beautiful language and you grew up like just with it. Yeah. Um, unless it's a quality product, right? Or a quality song or a song that makes you feel something. Are there elements now of living in New York and the memories and experiences of living in Delhi or in Mumbai that come through in your songs, even unknowingly, um, where you're like, boy, I, you know, now that I live in the States or, or thinking of my childhood in, in India, that in your performances, in your music, that they're there, whether you like it or know it or not. I'm sure they are. I think um, I think an audience member would be able to tell me that best. Because uh, it's uh, you are a product of your environment, most definitely. You also might have noticed this uh, accents, right? Yeah. Depending on where you are, they change. They're not constant all the time, unless you're in the same you know country all the time. Because I know that my accent is different when I speak with someone who's American versus when I speak with my friends back home or with my family, for example. Yeah. Right. And I think the reason I'm even talking about accents is because I'm not just I'm not just an instrumentalist. I sing. Yeah. And that is your speaking words that are melodic. So when I started performing here, I sang a bunch of my Hindi songs as well. And I tried to like give a little blurb in the beginning explaining what they're about. And so many times, so many people have come up to me and said, hey, I didn't understand it, but I loved it more than maybe the English, yeah. right? Because it was just like, it felt like you were connecting to a part of you that it was just so authentic. And uh, that was really nice to hear because all of us strive for authenticity, which is kind of like a, Kind of like a paradox, because if you strive for it, right. it's authentic. <laughs> <laughs> you just released uh, Honeybee last year. And the last line of that song shares that you're looking at the looking glass and hope that you and I can last. 
Yeah. And is that line kind of also a metaphor to your emerging career? It absolutely could be. So Honeybee um, was a very, it was written very quickly. It was written in seven to eight minutes. Um, and then it took about a year to flesh it out properly. You know, write, get better people, song. Um, just like you just like you talked about. Absolutely, yeah. And um, it was just about, have you had one of those like Sundays where it's just, you know, it's sunny outside, you're kind of relaxing at home, you have a loved one with you and you're just kind of like, summer is just sort of floating through it could be beginning of summer end of summer whatever it is and it's just like gosh i'm just looking at the looking glass and i hope that this can last Mm. like you just want that moment to last um and if it is to do about my career then yeah please (laughs) let me ask ask you about job then um this was a longer discovery process maybe for you with more versions and and a little bit you know as you mentioned a a process to it was there a lesson that you learned in crafting this one was there any risk of losing the spontaneity of the creative process um as you as you went through it at all i'm so happy you asked that question and that question is when you take too long to create something creative when does it lose the freshness when does it lose the sort of initial spark you felt for the song and i really did feel because jab was written like a couple of years ago and you know i was going to get into the studio and finish it off and then the pandemic happened and then you know just you i just kept hearing the same version over and over again getting super saturated with it it used to be a lot longer as well so probably <laughs> that's yeah. why um and then I think my my producer and I, Keshav her awesome, awesome guy, we sat down together. We're like, you know what? It has been like a year and a month. I'm sick of hearing this. Let's just take away every instrument we've put in. Remove the drums, remove the guitars, remove everything. Let's just hear the composition because that's what started the process. Yeah. And once we stripped everything away, that's when we started to hear what needs to be added versus what was already there. It's like when you're doing, you know, home decor and you have this like really cluttered room and you're like, hmm, I want to have a vision for this. You can't have a vision for it until you strip it all away, bare bones. And then when you, that's when you see, okay, that's where the painting is going to go. That's where the plants are going to go, you yeah. know, so um, that, that was a really important part of the process. And I think it became fresh for me again. Is there some importance as an artist in discovering the value of pausing and reflecting and kind of figuring it out i mean in some ways as a as an artist and a musician even is there a real value to just being still as a musician before you can go forward because it generates some creativity or it makes you reflect back on what needs to be stripped away absolutely the songs that i'm currently working on they're not new I wrote them a while ago. In mm. fact, one of the songs that I'll be releasing, <laughs> who knows when? I'm kidding. <laughs> Hopefully soon. Hopefully soon, right. Um, I, that was the first song I ever wrote, ever. Yeah. And, you know, I was a baby. <laughs> so yeah. just kind of taking that break between them and listening to them again and realizing some things have changed, some parts need to go. Sometimes that really rare song will come along, which remains fresh no matter how many times you hear it. 
and um, I'm just waiting for that one. So yeah, we need to pause a lot. And today's day and age doesn't allow us to do that because unless you're churning out content 24 seven, people forget pretty easily. So that's a challenge I've been facing. I was just going to mention that, that like, as there's such a bevy of content options and from all different locations and in all different languages and the menu of people's choices are, are so, so vast, uh, as an artist, does it, you know, become overwhelming to try and figure out like what, what I should be doing as opposed to what I want to do? Yeah, it really is because there's so much I want to do. And not all of it is serious or, you know, important, Mm. especially when we're seeing the news every day and seeing people's lives every day. It's just, I I don't know. I just find myself asking what I'm putting out. Is this adding to anything? Is this creating any value? And then I tell myself to get my head out of my ass because, um, a song isn't going to change anyone's life, but it can make someone a little bit happier. It can give someone a smile. It can make someone, you know, it can help them cry maybe a bit better. So I'm trying to be less about ooh, make important stuff and rather just make the things you want to make, put them out and someone will resonate with it. Is, is that the ultimate value that your music, your art creates some kind of memory or mood or temperature that allows for a person to then figure out what their own value is in their life and maybe that that was inspired by listening to something that that you have yeah um i released my first song in 2019 and you know i'd I'd released stuff before just never by myself like Abhilasha Sinhara always be part of a band or like backing vocals or something. And the first song was dedicated, well, dedicated to my mother and called mother. So (laughs) that song I put out, my first song, right? You're just like, oh my God, what's going to happen? Blah, blah. And it had a really positive response to those who heard it because on some level, everyone, good, bad, ugly, have, have something to do with their moms. And I got an Instagram message from someone I didn't know. That message kind of just changed because I was just sitting there looking at my numbers, right? I was on Spotify being like, okay, well, I don't know that this is doing good or whatever. Like, I don't know if people have like liked it or subscribed or whatever. And then this one, this one lady, she messages me on Instagram and that just changed everything for me. Um, she messaged me saying, hi, Abhilasha, I just heard your song mother now you don't know me at all but um i just wanted to let you know that i was considering um taking my life because i did not have a good relationship with my parents and i'm in my room right now writing this to you um and my mom was like screaming outside but like listening to your song it just made me realize that she's still my mom and i should talk to her and i don't think i should end my life so thank you I'm not sure how much more powerful someone's art can be than protecting life in that way and, and reaffirming it. 
It was so humbling, first of all. My first response, obviously, was to respond immediately and say, you know, thank you, but here are some helplines that you can use. Um, You know, please speak with somebody. We're here for you. Don't worry. And then once we established that, you know, she was okay, um, and she continued messaging me over the next few months as well, just, you know, on and off about my music. And it was just like... This is more than numbers. There's a reason the music industry has survived basically every pitfall thrown at it because the song will always live. And there's gonna be, industries will come and go, but like closing your eyes, waking up, hearing a song, that's never gonna go away. When you see your picture uh, in Times Square (laughs) and your music is on the Spotify radar list, okay? So going from the very intimate moment you just described and something that was so personal and so rewarding from your base, but also incredibly powerful to help someone, help an individual out. Do the big moments like that, that have a a real large presence and they're spectacular, so to speak, does that equally affirm and reward the work that you put in? I mean, is is that too... Is it too easy of a way to put a cloak around all the hard work and the toil and the emotion and effort that goes into that? I think they motivate very differently. That's that that message and other messages that I've got about my songs have have motivated me in a way that it's like what you're if you're just trying to say something and reach out with your experiences and your words there's going to be one person out there that's listening and that's just all I need. Mm. My face on Times Square, on the other hand, was a different kind of motivator in that it has, at the moment, completely crippled me and been like, well, I'm done. (laughs) Uh, Because that's, uh, it was, I hate to use this word, I think this word should be banned, but it was unprecedented. Sure. Um, you know, it was just like Spotify's team reached out. They said, hey, we're going to do this global radar thing. You're going to represent India. It's going to be in Times Square. I'm like, OK, cool, cool. Amazing. Thank you. Appreciate it. I didn't realize when they said Times Square, they meant that. I mean, that, that size, that like <laughs> entire situation and scene, right? It was huge. It was, it was absolutely yeah. massive. Um, it was surreal. Absolutely surreal. It was like I just stepped out of my own body and I'm staring at myself yeah. like I think more than anything else, it was definitely bigger than me, no pun intended, Uh because I was representing India's independent artists, which are just, it's just such a great, great group of people. They're so talented. They're hustling so much against the odds. You know, there are certain countries that uplift and support their indie artists. Unfortunately, India's music infrastructure isn't that good. Mm. Um, I think we're focusing very much on the basics at the moment. So anything that indie artists do without funding, without, you know, any of that external support, it's all them. Yeah. And that's what I was representing on one of the biggest platforms in the world. And I think that's an incredible honor. Yeah, I was just going to use that same word, honor. And when you think about uh, the honor that that kind of accolade or that kind of achievement really puts forth, and you also think about all the different things that have gone on this past year and a half, several years now, with just so much that is, in some ways, not really uplifting, 
And of course, really meaningful things that have been so much about loss. Now, kind of looking forward, and whether it's through your art or in your personal life, going forward, what are you hopeful about? What are you optimistic about um, as an as an artist as you go forward from this moment? Well, what I'm optimistic about is is that I really, really think that good music, regardless of where it comes from, is is always going to be there's always a place for it yeah. because you know traditionally unless you had a major label deal and had a massive budget your music couldn't really reach anyone mm-hmm. uh, no matter how good it was and no matter how bad the music was if there was enough marketing behind it it's everywhere right but because of the democratization of how music is consumed and how music is even created a song written by a you know, like a kid living in India can reach millions of people just by virtue of that melody. And I think that's such a great driver. Of course, there's more competition, (laughs) Um, to use that word, because there's just so many creators out there, right? Content creator, that's what we are now. We're no longer just singers or musicians. We're putting out video content, audio content, photos, shoots, everything, right? But if the song is good. That's all that matters. Abhilasha, I think when the song is good, it matters even more when you're singing it. So we're appreciative (laughs) that you joined us. And thank thank you so much. We hope you come back and join us again. I love that. Thank you for having me here. And everyone, please check out Abhilasha Sinha's music on all the music outlets. Rest in peace to Charlie Watts. FDA approval is here. And as September is upon us, thank you so much to all the teachers out there for everything you do for students young and old. Till next time, I'm Abhay Darnikar. Hi, this is Zoe Harveen Court, and you can check out RecordsAvenueRadio.com for more information and for the latest on station programming and more. 